Welcome to Today on Broadway for Tuesday, February 18th, 2020. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Ashley, I have, uh, as I was waiting for you to sign on, I was starting to develop an unbelievable amount of FOMO as I saw Instagram story after Instagram story of friends who are at David Geffen Hall right now watching the star-studded concert of Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. I'm sure that there will be plenty of videos out, but man, it's... You left a day too soon. Look... There's like three things happening in New York right now All as we're recording that I would want to see. There's this, there's Broadway Sings Queen, which has a bunch of great oh, yeah. people singing Queen songs, yep. and then there's a Skivvies concert, which might Always. happen might happen to have my favorite swing from Moulin Rouge oh, performing gee. it with the Skivvies for the first <laughs> wow. time. So I did not go to either of them, any of them, but if I would have realized that those things were happening when I decided to book my trip book an extra day I yeah probably would have left tomorrow or today tuesday rather than monday well, but we either are way. all thrilled to have you back after i'm sure a long hiatus especially me yeah because it changes your work <laughs> it changes um, my workload significantly yeah but that being <laughs> said we did have a ton of stuff going on in the podcast feed with me over the so over the week much, that i was yeah. in new york Obviously, there was one episode that James and I did of Today on Broadway together. Then we had the three episodes where I babbled incoherently about the shows that I saw. And then Jennifer McHugh and I had our big one hour and 42 minute diatribe about the first two episodes of Zoe's Extraordinary (laughs) Playlist. And we did did a Some Like It Pop list of Palooza about our top five favorite musical tv shows and musical episodes so uh let us know what you think about that in the patreon feed um i'm very excited to hear about that we we went as we often did on something like it pop we went very analytical and talked about things that we liked talked about things that we didn't like um and broke it down like two big nerds do so uh, let Mm -hmm. us know what you think about that stuff uh, when you get a chance to listen to it in the Patreon feed. And if you are not a Patreon member yet, My you can head over to patreon.com slash Broadway Radio or broadwayradio.com slash Patreon and sign up and you can get all of that stuff immediately. What was your favorite show this trip? You know, it's really hard. Um, I saw two shows twice, like uh, not twice this trip, but two shows for the second time, right. Hadestown and Moulin Rouge. Right. Um, everything else that I saw, I liked but nothing jumped out as anything that I loved. Mm. Um, and I don't know that a lot of like the things that I was mostly anticipating were super early in previews, including some say, like six, first previews. You saw first preview. Yeah, well, that's yeah. never going to that's not going to be on the top of my list. But like Unknown Soldier <laughs> was um, the first preview. Yeah. Um, Cambodian Rock Band was early in previews. Um, those two things would probably be at the top for like if I'm not counting Hades Town oh, nice. because I've already seen it, right, right, right? But they would be, but they didn't crack that upper echelon of being like this is going to be one of my favorite things that I've seen all year. Like I don't, it'll be in that next tier down, and I'm disappointed about that because I was hoping both would be a little transcendent. But again, mm-hmm. maybe it's because I saw them so early in previews maybe. and things will tighten up for folks that see them later. Maybe so. Fingers crossed because I see them next week. <laughs> and a couple good. weeks later <laughs> yeah good for you good for you uh all right actually let's see if i can remember how to do this show with you uh on a script that i Ooh, actually wrote since crossed. i didn't write the one last time yeah <laughs> but we're going to start out in los angeles as the eliza production of hamilton finally announced its cast for its upcoming la run upcoming as in like 
three and a half weeks away. When performances begin at the Hollywood Pantages Theater on March 12th, Olivier nominee Jamel Westman will reprise the title role while former Broadway George Washington Nicholas Christopher will play will return to the role of Aaron Burr, which he previously played on the Angelica tour. Also in the company, this is my favorite part of this news, will be one of my absolute favorites, somebody that I've talked about a lot on Broadway radio, Taylor Amon Jones. She will oh, be playing wow. Peggy Schuyler and Mariah Reynolds. Sabrina Sloan will be playing Angelica Schuyler. Joanna A. Jones is uh, playing Elizabeth Schuyler. Ruben Carbajal, who I think has done 117 different productions of Hamilton, will be playing Lawrence and Philip Hamilton. Wallace Smith, a Hamil- another Hamilton alum, will be playing Hercules Mulligan and James Madison. Carvins LeSaint will be playing George Washington. Simon Longknight will be playing the Marquis de Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson. And returning to the role that he played in the last L.A. sit-down, Tony nominee Rory O'Malley will be oh, playing King cool. George III. The production just recently extended until September 20th of this year, but I did a little perusing of the Pantages' schedule. There's nothing um, on their schedule through the holidays. Yeah. um, You like that alliteration there? It was really Um, good. I liked it. Yeah, it was off the top of my head. Didn't even know that I did it until you said it. But there's nothing on their holiday schedule, so I would not be surprised if this sells like every other Hamilton production sells. Yeah. That if it's extended through the holidays into 2021. No doubt. Now, Ashley... I mentioned my undying love for Taylor Amon mm-hmm. Jones. Yeah. And I, I'm so happy that she's joining the Hamilton family. She is currently playing the princess emoji for one week only in Emoji mm, yes. Land as Leslie Margarita is in London reprising her Olivier winning role in Zorro the Musical. But just a few months ago, Taylor Amon Jones had been announced to be playing the Anne Hathaway role in the Devil Wears Prada musical. However, if the word on the street is correct, I would not count on her or anyone else playing that role anytime soon, Ashley. Oh, goodness. What's the word on the street? That no one will be playing any role in that musical (laughs) anytime soon, perhaps ever. Well, that's not ideal. (laughs) Just saying. It's not. That's the word. It's it's not ideal. That's no. When you announce a a show, push it back a year, then announce the two principal casts, and then maybe it's never heard from again? Not only that, but announce the show with, like, your creative team and everything. Like, this is going to be a huge thing. Like, you put Elton John and Shayna Taub in it, and then just not do it. Yeah, I... Just saying. I mean, maybe Shucks. I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But I, I, I heard that heard that a certain uh, movie company said... Yeah, this isn't living up to our expectations. Oh, that's so much worse than I thought. Oof. Oof. Anyway, mm. <laughs> I'm glad that Taylor Mon Jones has a job because she is ungodly She's talented. She's the best, yeah. She is so good. There's a video on my Instagram somewhere of her singing She Used to Be Mine at Green Room 42 mm, and just absolutely yeah. destroying it. So good. But well, I'm, any- glad, I'm glad she's in Hamilton and apparently getting a role she deserves as opposed yes. to it's- a different role. <laughs> Yeah, and especially because it, once you're in Hamilton, like I think you are actually contractually obligated to be in Hamilton for the rest of your life Correct. because they people just go from one production to another, which is awesome it for them. It seems so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is not a bad thing. No. At all. I mean, there are worse gigs to have. Absolutely. All right, let's talk about some recommendations here, Ashley. I have two and they both originate from the uh 
commercial broadcasting system. Is that what CBS stands for? I think so. Uh, from CBS News. The first was on, it's actually a, um, I think it was an internet exclusive, but it, it was part of CBS Sunday Morning, I believe, where set designer Derek McLean talks about his work on Mulan Rouge. And having just seen that show, you know, from by, t- by the time we're recording, like 14 or uh, uh, 25, six hours ago, um, it is still an unbelievable set. And it is remarkable so cool. what they were able to do with that. I mean, that if, if you I could if the live show, in that set forever. My truly. God. Truly. Yeah, it's not like I said. I've had I, I don't love the changes they made from the film to the show, mm. but the set itself is breathtakingly perfect. Yeah. Um so I love the set. So if you're interested in that, check out that video. Then, Ashley, mm. uh another CBS news exclusive that I think you're going to have a few different thoughts on. This comes to us from 60 Minutes. So you know this is a hard-hitting journalistic piece. Um, kind of, uh, but they did a whole, <laughs> there's, they did a, there's my first thought. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that. They, Bill Whitaker does a whole report on the evolution of West Side Story, this production of West Side Story as it comes to Broadway. They started filming back in early rehearsals in October, been through the rehearsal process into previews, and they sat down with a bunch of people from the team. And one thing I will say before we get started. Bill Whitaker from CBS News mm-hmm. refers to the director as Evo Van Hove. I have always said Evo Van Hova because... That was my back... first thing when I watched it. Well, I was like... I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to show my notes okay. because I've always said Evo Van Hova because back in 2018, he did a Times talk with Brian Cranston and David Itzkoff from the New York Times. Ooh, nice. And the, the moderator who introduced them all, who is the guy who was in charge of all the Times talks... Said Evo Van Hova. So mm. it, it, it might be it's a translation thing. Maybe in Belgian he said it's Van Hova, but in English it's Van Hove. I don't know. These I'm, are all the big questions. Yeah. These are the big questions. But I will cite. I will stick with the New York Times instead of sixty Minutes until Evo himself Ooh. corrects it or me directly. Harsh. Now I'm going to so, have to go and look up to see if there's it's, any place in the entire internet where he's said his name out perfect. loud. Please. Please do, because uh, that's usually what I look for, but I oh, yeah. settled for the Times Talk instead. But I will show my work. It is in the notes. The link to that Times Talk is in the show notes if you want to check that out. But, okay, back to the real stuff. <laughs> they talk about everything. They talk about the – they show some great footage. Um, they, they talk, footage was great. Yeah. The footage was amazing. They they talk with choreographer Anna Teresa de Kirsmacher to talk to her about the fact that they brought in Latin in Broadway – um, choreography consultants and she kind mm-hmm. of doesn't love that which is kind of nice for her to see mm. they talk about the use of video they talk about making the show a little more raw they don't really talk about the erasure of women in the show very much which i think is something that they could have discussed Shocking. um but they didn't but they did talk briefly um, about the issues that the show has had where isaac powell was uh, hurt his knee and was out for a month um the actor Ben Cook, who was playing Riff, hurt his shoulder, and I don't. Again, word on the street was that the injury healed, but maybe the actions that he took to get the injury on stage were not appreciated, so he was not mm-hmm. asked to return to the role. But then, of course, the question that we all wanted to hear: um, Whitaker asks Scott Rudin about the issues surrounding Amar Ramasar, who plays um, uh, Bernardo, mm-hmm. and. 
Rudin was not as as surly as the press release that we talked about last week, but he did say very briefly, this is like five seconds. Um, this was completely adjudicated before it was determined that the, uh, what he did was not a fireable offense. I think it was idiotic or whatever. I don't know the exact word they said. I think what he did was stupid, but what am I supposed to do? Fire him for it? And then it moved on. I think mm-hmm. many people will say the answer is yes. Um, well, uh, an amendment, it, I don't say the answer is yes. I say that he shouldn't have been hired in the first place. It's not like this came out of nowhere. Correct. Mid- this happened middle tw- of rehears- in 2018. Middle of rehearsals and suddenly he found out what was happening. So no, he shouldn't have fired him. He should he should fire him now, but he shouldn't have fired him in the first place. Yeah, and, and that's something that we've talked about, including last week. So I don't necessarily want to spend a ton of time rehashing that. Right. Actually, but what I do want to talk about is, is how this segment, which I think is going to sell a ton of tickets, mm-hmm. how this impacts, maybe not your decision whether or not to see it, because I think you and I have both said that it's going to, it's going to be tough to get us into the Broadway theater to see this. Yeah. Uh, but how much knowing your love for Sondheim, and Sondheim does some... Uh, extra discussions about this as well, uh-huh. not in the main package, but in an extra package or two. Um, what did you think of what you saw both from footage and from the discussion outside of the Ramasar part of the discussion? Um, That's the problem. Like everything for me around this production starts there. And I don't really know how to look at the production or talk about the production without thinking about that. Because, I mean, they even, they, the way you framed it, starting it, is that they discussed the the problems that they've had with Isaac Powell and then with Amar Ramasar. And uh, it it was kind of like they packaged it together in the same way that here are the problems. Let's move on. Uh, I, I know you only have 12, 13 minutes to do a package for 60 minutes but it just felt like really flippant and to me it's not a flippant issue it's not something that can just be rushed through and moved on the production looks nice (laughs) i'm not a west side story (laughs) fan to begin with oh okay i am so i'm not huge i wouldn't say i hate it by any means i'm not huge on it it's by no means uh, one of my favorite musicals. It's by no means one of my favorite Sondheim adjacent musicals. Uh, nor yeah, because he only nor, wrote the lyrics. I was going to say, nor is it his. Uh, which, yeah, which, which he, he discusses talks, as well. <laughs> exactly, which he talks about in the package and how he's embarrassed by <laughs> some of his lyrical choices because they don't so, fit the characters, which he became obviously became very good at in future years, matching here's, here's the styles my thing. of the characters. Here's, here's my thing with that. Okay. Settle down, Steve. Because <laughs> I get this, it, though. He's he's said this for decades. He has. Like this isn't new. But here's the thing: when you are adapting Shakespeare, I think that there is inherently there needs to be some level of poetry in there. I I have sure. no problem with the elevated language in West Side Story because of that. Because you're adapting Shakespeare. If you were adapting, you know, someone that was more modern or more naturalistic or realistic in the modern times, that's fine. But I think having poetry and people being able to speak well beyond their position is fine, especially when you're doing Shakespeare. Now, Shakespeare was known for adjusting his use of language based on the character. So I get right. that. But it, when, what it all boils down to is 
Settle down, Steve. <laughs> Very rude. No, it's kind of like the inverse effect of the Romeo and Juliet movie with Leonardo DiCaprio. That the Baz Luhrmann lang- again. Yeah, yeah, that the language stays the same, but the setting changes. Here it's the setting changes and, well, the, the language changes, but not as much as it needs to, as yeah. is essentially what he's saying. But no, it all, I mean, it all looks very nice. I, I'm not into video effects. I f- saw on Twitter someone has started referring to him as Ivo Van Hovercraft, which makes me laugh every time I think about it. And I wish. Oh man, does he use does he use drones? Uh, I, don't think I don't know in this production, but he has. Because I mean, a, be I, I think with the the stuff with him uh, him doing the Met season, uh, it was referenced to uh, okay. in that. So I know that he's probably used drones in the past. I hope there's no drones in West Side Story. I don't think I don't think there is. But look, here's my thing: everything about this production other than Amari Ramasar, is, like, catnip to me. Mm. Like, I love West Side Story. It's one of my favorites. I I didn't love Network, which did a lot of Evo's video stuff, but I appreciated it. And everything that I've seen, the use of the video, the the modern energy about this, um, of, of course, I don't also, like I mentioned earlier, the the kind of the removal of the, and minimization of the female characters, that bothers me as well. But just, like, from the idea of That's such making it thing. raw... Yeah, the thing, it, <laughs> and you, but again, I haven't seen it, so I don't want to say like right. I, I it's hard for me to say. Oh, they removed a song, so that means he doesn't care about the female characters. Because what sure. I've heard is actually, from what I've heard, is that the production doesn't care about really any of the characters, the peripheral characters. It is really Tony and Maria's story, uh, and then talks more about issues rather than characters. So mm. I, I don't, I don't want to say that by taking. You know, making the America, you know, both men and women and taking out I feel pretty that he's sure, sure, I, sure. because I, I haven't seen it. But I just think the idea of making that modern. <laughs> they're they're, and, pro- they're proving they don't care about women in other ways. Yeah, right. But like even the clip that we see of them doing Officer Krupke when it's these gang uh, multi-racial yeah. gang members singing Officer Krupke, I'm down on my knees and they go down on their knees and put their hands up. Like I was just like, oh, shit. Like, oh. Okay, like this is not they're not pussyfooting around anything like this is this they're really talking about something here. Mm. So I love that idea. I just I just don't know that I can bring myself to see it at all. I, I it, mm. and it, and that frustrates me because I really want to. But then again, I now I don't. You know, so I don't know. It's it, it another case of FOMO it's an, when I watched this. It is um, incredibly uncomplicated for me <laughs> in every possible way. I will not be seeing it. And it's annoying. I mean, the I will see anything that has Sondheim's name on the marquee except for this. And yeah. uh, just for them to, you know, when you mentioned Rudin, basically being like what i shouldn't i should fire him is that what you're saying i'm not gonna do that i i just think it's the disregard is so blatant for the people who are actually protesting the show and why people are upset that i am upset and i am protesting the show so for someone to say uh i don't care what you have to say then that's enough for me i don't care what you have to say (laughs) Well, and I think that ties in with something I said on Friday's show with James when that after they released the statement, like, 
I don't think that anybody, at least I have not seen anybody of, you know, actual, you know, I don't know what the word is, but no one of ser- no one's seriously saying that Amar Ramasar should never work again. What I think needs to be done before we actually welcome him back in to a community is for him to show some sort of contrition. And I understand that because of the legal situation, he might not be able to do that. Okay, that's fine. You don't have to hire him until he is able to do that from a legal standpoint. Mm-hmm. And 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 I think that goes. Uh, it's very similar to what Scott, how Scott Rudin is handling this. I think that people would at least not everybody, but I think there'd be a certain number of people who would say, okay, I can accept this. If they would show some sort of outreach, show some sort of understanding of what the issues at the heart of this controversy is rather than just flippantly, you know, dismissing it. And I think, yeah, Meeting people halfway or maybe not even halfway going further, I, you know, the, but showing some sort of interest in understanding. That's that's a big is part. a big deal. That's a yeah. very big deal because it's you're right. They're not even meeting anybody halfway. They're right. And that's that's <laughs> my biggest the, problem. It's about one percent. And that one percent is by releasing such an aggressive statement as they did. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's very frustrating. All right, so let's move on from that because I know people hate hearing us talk about that. But I it's... don't care. <laughs> Quote it. Yeah. Oh, I know. And then people hate it when we say. I it, don't but... care. <laughs> I don't. What's that song? Uh, I love it. I don't. Anyway, I don't know. Let's but move keep on. Singing. It's some like Swedish <laughs> pop band or something. Anyway. Oh, I do know what you're talking about, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a big pop song a couple years ago. But anyway, let's close out the show with a little bit of other news. It was announced yesterday that the National Asian Arts Project will present a concert version of Rodgers and Hammerstein's Cinderella on March 2nd. Alan Marioka will direct. Uh, Kristen Lee Rosenfeld will music direct. And Billy Bustamante will choreograph. The cast will be led by the always wonderful Ali Ewalt and Ooh, the... Yes absolutely perfect original Broadway cast member, Anne Harada. They will be joined by a host of performers as well as the NAAP Kids and the NAAP Broadway Community Chorus. Tickets are on sale now and we will get a link to you in the show notes. And finally, we learned over the weekend that a new musical, Get Up, Stand Up, the Bob Marley story, will premiere in the West End on Feb- in February of 2021. This production is calling itself, quote, the definitive new musical featuring Bob Marley's iconic hits played live on stage. So I guess there's another one that they're saying is not definitive. <laughs> so I don't know what that phrasing oh, means. Oh, I'd love but, for competing Bob Marley musicals. I mean, get high and watch them both. Anyway, See? the... Uh, Matt, it, it please. Will, this is a family show. <laughs> this is coming from an asthmatic who's never <laughs> smoked anything in his life. Anyway, uh, it'll play the refurbished Lyric Theater and tickets go on sale on April 21st. The show will feature a book by Lee Hall, who wrote the book for Billy Elliot and the script adaptation for the aforementioned network, and will be directed by Olivier winner Dominic Cook, who most recently directed the National Theater's Follies a few years ago, which, Ashley, I am sure you watched from NT Live at least one or two hundred times. Um, I have it on my computer. I saw it in London, and I quite literally have a picture that my best friend took of the set. On, in my desk space. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So, uh, yes, I have. Yeah, uh, the show will star Arenze Kenny. In the press release, Marley's daughter, Sidelia, said, quote, Our father's music means so much to so many people around the world. We're beyond thrilled to be able to bring it to both fans and new audiences alike in a new way led by the stellar team of Lee Hall and Dominic Cook. 
and starring the fantastic Orenze. As a family, we feel that our father would be proud to know that his legacy is a source of creative inspiration and continues to bring people together. Now, Ashley, I did see a few people on Twitter, including (laughs) you, mention the fact that a story, a musical about Bob Marley, written and directed by white men, is a little uh, interesting. I will say, though, that generally when I have problems with this, um, whether that's about racial representation on the creative team or um, uh, gender representation. I I generally have problems with that when it's like big conglomerate movie studios making those decisions. I have less of an issue with it when it is families of the people being represented, making those decisions when it's, it sounds like the Marley family is involved with this. If this is who they want to tell their father's story, that doesn't bother me as much as it would if it was like, Universal Pictures, oh, yeah, you know, doing that. So I understand difference. the the rush to kind of make that uh, connection. But when I saw that Marley's daughter was quoted and said the family is, you know, excited about this, I was like, OK, I, I mean, the guy who wrote the Billy Elliot script is not the guy I would have chosen. But <laughs> otherwise, if yeah. that's who they think is best, I'm fine with that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> You're like, I don't even want to fight. Yeah. Anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 That, okay. That's essentially what it comes down to. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, thanks for listening to today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW. Matt Ashley, where can the peeps find you? The peeps can find me on Twitter and Instagram. No, this is Ashley. Real quick uh, 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 insider tip here on peeps. You Ooh. get it? Ooh. Cut, cut open the wrapper. I feel like I've talked about this recently. Yeah. Have I talked about this recently? You okay, have, well, and I told you either that way. peeps are disgusting and need to be You're banished. From this You're disgusting. You need to be banished. I agree, How Matt. Dare- <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> anyway, head over to patreon.com slash Radio to get all of the great informational stuff that we've thrown in over the past week. Have a great Tuesday, everybody, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye.